Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Born Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to have David Locke coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, Locke's going to have all the play-by-play action for you on uh, coming up tomorrow. Tip-off will be at 4.30. Pre-game begins at 3.30. And, Gordon, I don't know uh, how much of Locke's broadcast you've had a chance to catch, but I think he's doing a great job. I mean, that he's not there and, you know, it's a different experience for him, but I think the broadcasts sound really good. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, and wait until the games actually start. That'll be lots of fun and lots of curiosity to see how it goes. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But if the if kind of the, the test run scrimmages are any indication, I, I think uh, our, our good friend David is going to be just fine. He and the Booner, for that matter. But uh, they've got a pretty sweet setup. Um, you, you know, uh, Gordon, they're in the lower bowl. They're watching the games, uh, you know, the feed from Orlando on the big, you know, big flat boards, whatever we're calling those sorts of things. And actually, Scotty had mentioned he talked to another NBA play-by-play guy, uh, in a different market, and they have him in a just a little room with a little TV. So it sounds like uh, Locke and and, uh, and Booner and Bowler and and uh, Thurl, they've got a pretty uh, pretty sick setup compared to some others. I thought that was interesting what Bowler said yesterday when we talked to him about it, uh, and he uh, was saying how he wished he could grab the crowd more. You know, I mean, I, it's he reacts to that. And that's something he said to adjust to not having, but uh, still sounds good. Yeah, it still it still does. I give those guys a lot of credit. That's quite the curveball to throw at them, uh, you know. Especially, you know, Locke and uh, and Bowler who have been doing it for so long. It's it's just different, uh, and I give them a lot of credit for it. And in fact, it's uh, it's time to talk to David. Locke's interview brought to you each and every week by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Team. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for our online service and local store availability is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke, with us here on The Big Show. Hi, David. Did that merger go through? Uh, yes, it has gone through according to the liner. So we've moved from oh. Sprint special guest line to T-Mobile special guest line. Well, so. I'm a T-Mobile person. Does that mean my service gets better now? Uh, I'm a T-Mobile person, too, so uh, let's hope so. huh? Okay. So I have not had a problem. I'm just wondering if... I haven't either. I like T-Mobile. Yeah. Uh, David, I was just saying, I uh, want to want to give you a, a compliment. Been listening to the broadcast of the scrimmages, and I know it's a different situation for you, but things are sounding really good, man. You sound great. Well, that's nice of you. I think uh, credit credit goes to Travis Henderson and um, Jeremy Castro and Chris Baum and the crew, Jeremy Brunner, who have given us as good a setup as um, we could we could possibly have. It's it's different. Um, it's not the same. There's, I'm learning at least a few times a night when you start to do something and realize, oh, that doesn't work. You can't actually do that. Like, I don't know if you were listening the other night, but I had two players sub it out and then realized that I can't look at the scores table to find out who's subbing in. Um, and all of a sudden it's just stuck. Like, and um, I'm guessing that so-and-so and so-and-so will check back in. Um, but you, you just, you know, you can't see everything. So it's, it's you, you have to get used to it. It's a little different. So, David, I'll ask you this question only because I trust that you'll know the answer. 
One is, how many three-point shots did the Jazz average before the stoppage, and how many are they going to average moving forward? Um, So I actually don't have that the way you're asking it. Um, What I would tell you, so I didn't think the first game had any value. So I haven't really looked at those numbers, though. It's funny, Ron Boone just texted me and asked for the same thing. So I will be looking it up because if Ron asks for something, he gets it. Um, What jumped out to me is in the first three quarters of game, Brooklyn and Miami. So the second two scrimmages, when our main players played in those three, so that six quarters combined, we took 47% of our shots as threes. To put that in contrast, Houston leads the league at 45. We were ninth in the league at 37.5. So we went from 37.5 percentage of our shots as threes to 47% of our shots as threes. Um, that's That's not a jump that happens without a conscious effort of doing that. So it's very clear that we've made a, a absolute conscious effort to shoot more threes. What impact do you think that that will uh, that will have, David? Or I guess what's what's the goal of that shift? Is this true? Is this the the strategy to make up for Bogdanovich, or is this something that he that Coach Snyder has wanted more of all along? If you try to sit around, if, you, if you're them and you sit around and you try to figure, well, okay, if we're going to win a playoff series, how are we going to do it? Um, I think the answer has to be. Um, that the way we're going to, you know, the way we're going to win the playoff series is out shooting someone. Um, that that seems pretty clear to me that that's the mechanism by which we're going to win basketball games. Is that you know Rudy attacks the rim, um, teams duck down, and we are able to uh, kick out to shooters and we outshoot people. But I don't, I don't think there's an or not a. You know, we've tried for years to beat people with defense, um, and what happened was that our offense couldn't make the jump to match their offense even when our defense held them down. And so as you, you know, try to run through the list of ways in which we can possibly win a playoff series, I think the mechanism by which you can win a playoff series is is simply to make sure that we, we outshoot someone, and I think I think that's the way to do it. So does that mean, David, that we'll see a continuation of – of uh, if the Jazz get a good look uh, 10 seconds into the shot clock, go ahead and fire away? I was, that's really the difference, right? It feels as though I don't – you know, it's interesting. We, we ran against Miami. We didn't run against Brooklyn. Like, I, don't, I think we had like three fast break points the whole game, and if you just kind of – I went back and rewatched. We, we didn't run the same way. Um, so, it, I, you know, our goal is to run and to, to, to do exactly that. Yes, that the early – the early opportunity is okay to take that three. And even to take a, you know, Quinn's big point to the guys is a a contested three is okay as well. Um, So go ahead and take a contested three um, at times. And, um, and, and if they're able to, you know, and, and that's going to increase their three numbers. Um, they only took like 25% of their shots at the rim in one of the two games. So you, we better not lose that, right? The rim is still the Holy grail. But teams have gotten to the point now where they're denying the rim at such a success level that it means that you have to, you you really have to slow that down a little bit and try to um, or find something else, right? If teams are going to take away the rim, 
you've got to find another mechanism by which to score, and that's to put the pressure on the rim, you know, have the team uh, cover the rim, and then take advantage of it by shooting, shooting the three. If you look at the league's defenses, the biggest change that's taking place across the league right now is that the teams that deny shots at the rim, so Milwaukee, that only allows 29% of shots at the rim. It's incredible. It's why they're so great. But they are 28th in the league at defending the three-point shot. Um, Orlando, third best in the league at denying shots at the rim, is 21st in the league at denying a three-point shot. Miami, fifth best at denying the rim, 30th in the league at denying a three-point shot. Boston, sixth, 24. Toronto, seventh, 29th. Now, those are all Eastern Conference teams, but even the LA Clippers, eighth best at defending the rim, 22nd in denying threes. So there's a what's happened in the league is that offenses are so spread out and so well spaced that if you deny the rim, you have to give up the three. The Jazz are the only team in the NBA that are in the top five of defending the rim and defending the three, but that's because they have the greatest defensive player in the world. David Locke is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, David, I always give you credit when I do this, but I love stealing your material. I just never uh, quite relay it, I think, as effectively as you originally do. So I'm going to ask you to kind of review something that you said on Hans and Scotty, and I think you've said this a few times on the broadcast as well. But will you talk about Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell slowing down in the pick and roll in order to let Rudy uh, get forward? Will you break that down and what that does for everybody's game because that's been another thing we've seen that is different so i'm going to give you a short version i don't mean to just plug it for the sake of plugging but i'm going to if you really if somebody wants the really detailed version of this i did it on locked on jazz this week and um like with to a point of you know maybe <laughs> it, you shouldn't do it while driving because you might drive <laughs> off the road and fall asleep so to point to a nauseum but if you the jazz have done have changed the angle angles on on Mike Conley's pick and rolls right now and then Donovan has changed the way he's approached them so let's start with um let's start with Mike with Donovan Donovan's setting the pick Rudy sets the pick Donovan comes off it and what you've seen out of Donovan and Mike a lot this year is that they'll aggressively attack well if Rudy gets held up at all on that pick someone holds Rudy or Rudy doesn't get free or even if they Rudy's now a step behind them or he's exactly equal to them that pass for a six foot one guard for you know it's nice for us to hit pause on the television and say oh look he's open he's it's it's a nearly impossible pass for a six foot one guard to get over probably his defender is behind him or near him and then the big and and the way that teams defend the pick and roll is that the opposing big guy so tomorrow it's Derek Favors will just drop equal to Rudy the whole time so he's just going to drop with Rudy wherever Rudy is he's a step on Rudy but he's going to try to do it in a triangle so that he can stop Donovan's drive and prevent Rudy from dunking on a lob. And if Rudy's a step behind Donovan, well, then that's pretty easy, right? You're able to kind of hedge toward Donovan, not let him get to the rim, and you got a step to get back to Rudy. What Donovan's begun to do is come up that pick and then almost like cross over and pause for a second. Rudy gets all the way down to the baseline. That big has to go with him because that's his job is to stay below him. And then Donovan attacks. And it's almost an isolation, actually, at that point, where Donovan beats his man. And now what does Favors have to do? Favors steps 
forward off of Rudy to come to Donovan's drive, and Donovan's able to toss it over the top for Rudy for the dunk. I don't know if that – it's a difference of just that crossover pause dribble at the top of the pick and roll allows Rudy to get down below Donovan. It's, it's actually pretty similar to what James Harden does out of isolation and where – Rudy used to have to come over and then he'd lob over the top to Clint Capella, but they just never run the pick and roll. Rudy wants to set screens and be a part of it. So this is your way to do it um, and have Rudy feel a part of it with the screen and have it all work on it. On Mike Conley, what they've done, because Mike's not comfortable with that same crossover and trying to beat a guy and he's, he's not quite as dynamic in, in fact, there was a play the other night where you saw it where he got way out in front of Rudy and the only play he had was his floater is they've taken Mike, and Mike's coming down to the baseline. He's, his foot is literally almost touching the baseline. Rudy's setting the pick on the baseline. Mike's coming back. Now let's say he's coming with a, on the left side of the floor with a right hand. Sorry, we're getting detailed here. Now they're running that same pick and roll, but Rudy's running down the baseline, and Mike's rolling to the middle, and that big is now caught. Because if the big backs up too far, he actually ends up under the rim. And he doesn't have, and so when he he has to commit to one or the other, it's a much easier path for Mike to get it to Rudy, and it's a much harder way to defend when they change that angle. Sorry, hello, everybody, wake up, wake up. <laughs> no, that's what no, we were no, looking uh, for, right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's really. If I, get, if I get time tomorrow on either Instagram or uh, something, I'll try to see if I can pull any of those highlights. It, it's hard. Uh, the NBA doesn't have quite as much stuff out right now as they usually do, so you can't pull highlights from games the same way. So it's a little harder for me to edit. David, speaking of Conley, uh, we uh, heard what he said, I believe yesterday, when he was talking about his comfort level. Explain what you're seeing in that and what you just described there. Is he comfortable with that move? And what in what other ways is that being expressed, that comfort? Well, well I mean, that move is really what, what Memphis's primary offensive set used to be was that Conley would come up the floor, pass to the elbow to Marcus Gasol, who was usually on the right elbow. Conley would actually run off. He could either run off for a handoff at which point then Mike's going, gets it. He's going hard with his left hand to the basket. If he wasn't available, then he would actually go to the baseline. Gasol would pivot, often take a dribble, and hand it back to Mike, who would be coming around. At that point, it's the exact same play as what we just talked about. Hmm. Interesting. The other one the Jazz have run, someone's listening right now going, oh, no, he's not going to try again. No, no, I'm relentless. <laughs> I'm going to try again. The other one the Jazz have run that's interesting is having – Mike Conley, they did this on the other side. Mike Conley's on the on the far base. So that, let's say he's on the right side this time. He's down at the baseline. Joe Ingles had the ball near the top. Rudy came down, set the same pick for Mike Conley. Conley comes off the pick. Joe hit him perfectly with the pass right at the perfect time. It's now basically the same pick and roll, right? But Conley's coming off with some... Juice, without the basketball, catches it, takes the dribble, Rudy rolls, it's the exact same pick-and-roll set. The, the, one of the keys to this is they're clearing that corner so that Mike and Rudy are working a two-man game and they're the only two guys on that floor, meaning there's three shooters spaced across the floor the other way. 
David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, I just want to ask you about the bench a little bit. All our daily assist guests have talked about how depth might be tested, especially early in in this process uh, before they kind of tighten up the rotations for the playoffs as they usually do. But talk to me about the Jazz bench, especially in that, uh, I guess it was the third scrimmage. Uh, it seemed like those units, even with Jordan Clarkson, really struggled at times to keep momentum or build some of their own. Are you concerned at all about the bench and the issue that we've seen really on and off throughout the year. You know, we found this great kind of vibe right before the break with the, what was it, the Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, George Niang, Tony Bradley lineup. Um, and that's going to be harder to get to now without Boyan Bogdanovich. That's that's really the loss of Boyan is trying to get back to that lineup in, is on bench units I think is going to be very difficult. Um and so uh, I think that is a concern. I mean, I'm not like, I don't know if I'm like, you know, despondently concerned, but I do think it, it is a concern um, that, you know, that, that those, that that's, you know, that Tony frankly hasn't played great. Um, and he was playing pretty well before the break and all the reports were good. And then I just think, you know, whatever reason, he just wasn't comfortable yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Jazz can, can recreate that group or a new bench unit. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get too worried about the scrimmages either way. Like I'm not going to get too excited about the scrimmage. Like on one level, like I could sit here and pontificate with this incredible excitement about Donovan and Mike Conley, which I think a lot of us have done. And then, but if we're really honest about it, like the bench, the guards we played were not very good. Right. We didn't, we, you know, we didn't see Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie and Torian Prince. We saw Chris Chioza, right? (laughs) Karis LeVert's pretty good, but like, that's, that's a pretty big difference. We didn't see Ricky Rubio. We saw Ty Jerome. Right. So let's not go. Let's like, let like, and it's a scrimmage. So I'm going to wait, like I'm going to wait and see a few days and before I make any big, and the same thing I would say about those bench units is to some extent, actually the flip side works there where like when the other team has guys out there that are trying to make money because this is their one chance that those are actually harder matchups for some of our bench guys than maybe they would be otherwise. So I, I'm a little reluctant to get, to make too many observations out of a limited sample size that we have. I, I understand it's the only sample size and thank goodness we have it. And think, you know, it's the first sample size we've had since March 11th. I'm all for it. I'm trust me. Like, you know, you got me doing geeky breakdowns. So that's not like I, it's not like I'm following what I'm saying, but um, you know, th- th- that's a pretty, that's a pretty clear, like to me, there's a, you, can, you can get a little overblown on this stuff. David, I've been fairly vocal on the importance of the racial justice, the calls for racial justice that we've been hearing out of some from some NBA players, including jazz players. Uh, and I, I believe in that firmly. There's been some talk, some speculation that the jazz will kneel during the national anthem around the Black Lives Matter uh, indication on the court tomorrow night. Uh, do you have any thoughts on one, what we might see, and two, how you'll feel about it. Well, I mean, I'm a huge believer in that our country was found on protest and voicing, and that's the beauty of, like, I think that's the core of what the greatness of our country is. Um, you know, I'm a believer in the Madisonian marketplace of ideas, so I think that you have to allow each side to have their viewpoints. I'm not a believer in that you mute the other side, whatever, whatever side that is, right? So I don't really agree with Michael Porter Jr. and what he said today, but I think it's I, I'm, 
I admire any 24 year old that feels strongly enough that they're willing to express their viewpoints. Um, so in that sense, um, you know, I, I think it's that these, and, and I, and I want, I don't want, um, brainless gladiators that I'm, I want people, I want people that think I want, pe- I want players that are thoughtful, that are interested in the world, that are trying to learn. I mean, it's an incredible thing. They're 20 some odd years old with, and they're thrust into the spotlight and they're trying to learn. And Quinn Snyder's done a masterful job with these players so that they become more informed and understand the world and, and have more reading material. And I mean, this, what the efforts that are going on behind the scenes is just great. I'm kind of babbling all over the place, but I mean, I guess my general take is I love it. I love, I love protest. I love passion. I love people that express their viewpoints. I love thoughtful people. Um, I don't like, you know, I, I, I love, uh, the idea that someone's trying to make a positive impact, the idea that someone's using their platform beyond just shooting a basketball. I think it's fabulous. All of it. Um, I respect it immensely. Does it mean I have to agree with all of it? No, absolutely not. Right. But you know what? I look back at the sixties and I look back at some of that civil rights movement in the sixties and I read a tremendous amount about it. And it's pretty hard to believe that someone would, wouldn't support Dr. Martin Luther King. And, and frankly, it's, you know, there are aspects of Malcolm X that are unnerving, but pretty hard to say you wouldn't believe it. People didn't, right. People didn't believe follow it at that time. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King was portrayed as a communist and this, and you can find a nitpick, an aspect of every movement that's ever existed in America, including the Boston tea party and try to minimize its overall messaging by finding the one frailty or the weakness or the item that you want to pick it apart. So in the most recent case was in Dr. Martin Luther King and everyone called him a communist. And there were, I've read everything he's ever written. There are certainly aspects of what he wrote that had pretty high level communist aspects to it. Um, and communal aspects to it. And so you can go nitpick and find that and decide that you want to discredit everything else he's saying. I personally would find that the 95% of that message was pretty important. And that's how I actually feel specifically to this issue too. Certainly there are things in Black Lives Matters groups that you can find that you don't like, but the overall messaging is about racial injustice. And if you take an honest moment, and as we did last night as a family and try to sit down with our 18 year old and 15 year old and describe the plight of the black individual in America over the last 150 years and try to get to have them understand the wealth gap and the job gaps and the schooling gaps. And it was, I, I was overwhelmed by the end of the night of what, what I was trying to explain to them. So to, to, to see that we have a platform where people are making us have that conversation with our 15 year old is incredible. And I know more today than I did two months ago. And I'm more informed than I was two months ago. And I'm a better person and more understanding than I was two months ago. And I thought I was pretty informed, but not enough. And I didn't understand it enough. And I didn't realize how universal some of these experiences are for every black individual in our country. I didn't know that. I'm embarrassed by that fact. But talking to more people and listening more and allowing uh, the black hosts of the lockdown podcast network to have their own platform and do their own show without my guidance. I learned. And that's what this is all about. Here, here. 
David, just a, a little heads up. Uh, I'm going to find a time tomorrow to come down there and bother you because I feel like I haven't seen you in too long. I'll keep my distance, but I'm coming down to bug you, you tomorrow. Ron Boone is a free throw away from me, which I think, you know, by the way, when Ron informed me that he thought I was the same as a free throw away from me, and he's an 80% free throw shooter, I interpreted that to mean that he thought he could throw something and hit me on top of the head if he needed to. Oh, I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, David. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, talk to you soon. All right, there you go. Our friend David Locke, of course, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Joining us now in studio, our friend from Homie, Katie, is with us, helping our listeners save a little money. And let's talk about some of those uh, the stats with millennials that uh, you brought up earlier, because some of this stuff just blows my mind. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit. And like I um, said earlier, if you go to homie.com slash millennials, this is all information anybody can go online and, and look and see. Um, but... Some of the interesting stats were that 13% of millennials feel completely um, confident that they can buy and sell a home. And so that leaves quite a bit yeah, of say. people that don't, that right. don't know, um, that don't feel confident in that. And we want you to feel confident. We want you to feel secure in this huge purchase or sell of something that's, that's so big in your life. It's a, it's a big part of your life. Where are you going to live? Um, and so we've got our agents that are there ready to walk you through and, and hold your hand through the through the whole process. Um, another thing that's interesting is 42% of the respondents believe that it's free to buy a home and that you're there they don't have to pay the buyer agent commission. Well, is that not the truth? Yeah, if you really <laughs> if you really think about it, who is paying for the house? The buyer is paying for that house. That money is is coming from the buyer. So you are paying for that agent. Um, so if, if you can negotiate your fees to be a little bit less, then you're not having to pay that much for that house. Um, and so fees are always negotiable. It is a huge misconception, and that's what a lot of people don't know, that you can negotiate your fees. Um, even non-millennials don't know that you can negotiate. It's not yeah. a set percentage. Um, no matter who you're working with, if you're working with Homie or somebody else, you can negotiate your fees. It doesn't have to be a set three percent or six percent or whatever percentage you're doing it's it can be negotiable um, and that's what we we let our our sellers do we let them set their buyer agent commission to whatever they feel comfortable with we educate them and we help them through that whole process that whole negotiation process we help them with that um, our agents are there ready to help answer any questions any concerns you're not in this alone we're here for you we're here to help save you money and make this process simple and easy just to point something out you're using the word agents for a reason uh, yeah. because you guys are agents this does not mean you don't have an agent quite the opposite in fact yeah yep you'll have a dedicated agent whether you're buying or selling if you're buying with us your dedicated agent will help you find houses they're going to search houses with you alongside you um, and if you're selling with us then your dedicated agent's going to be there to help you with any questions you have any concerns any negotiations whether it's 5 a.m in the morning hopefully you're not having a problem at 5 a.m in the morning but our agents are there to help you at nine o'clock at night we have agents helping our our sellers multiple times our agents are there around the clock to answer your questions and help you love that a a 3 a.m real estate (laughs) emergency no problem homie homie is on it i hope uh my other my agents might think i am i'll be taking those phone calls i was gonna say you're you're volunteering them for that but they'll do it they'll They'll do it it. all right check it out homie.com homie.com and we'll have more straight ahead 97.5 and 1280 the zone Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This 
is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Are you Monson was a columnist for the Salt Lake Tribune since 1993. He also wrote for the LA Times and LA Daily News. His greatest accomplishment was showering with Greg Ostertag. Greg Ostertag invited me into the shower area once. I don't know what tidbits Gordon will have on his obituary, but I'm sure at the end it will say, Gordon Monson will only be dead for two days because the Lord was risen in three days and Gordon will definitely one-up that. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Ah, so amazing. Thanks for the open mic submissions. That was that was awesome. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon brought up an obituary uh, earlier in the show from a big-time sports fan, so we brought up what we would in, or Gordon would include on his obituary. <laughs> and, and both of those, that was just terrific. Just terrific. I'm glad you enjoyed it, too. <laughs> would you Would you put the, the showering with Ostertag into the obituary? No, I would not. No, that no. wouldn't make the cut? No, I Don't wouldn't. Don't let me that, write it for you. <laughs> no, that wasn't. Uh, when I turned the corner, when Greg said, hey, come on back here, and I turned the corner, and there I was with all seven feet, one inch of uh, Greg Ostertag, I, that was not. It's uh, just a naked man. That was not a highlight. I think I think you would have to. It would have to go something like this: uh, Gordon Monson, lover of cheese and the New Mexico Lobos. <laughs> no. no, no, that's not it either. Your beloved no. Lobos wouldn't go make Lobos. the cut. Come on, come on. There would be. I guarantee you this: there would be no hate in my obituary. Uh, the the grandma who passed away, big time sports fan, Yankees fan, New York fan. Said I hate Tom Brady. No, I, I no room for that. I don't I'm not addicted to cheese, my, but I like it a whole lot. I don't want to be hating on my way out the door. You know, not even like the uh, the the lactose intolerant people, the anti cheese crowd. <laughs> They're so I soft. Do like my, I do like myself some cheese. I, 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 I there's just no denying it. You do, uh, and I, and we love that about you, because you do love cheese more than more than any person I've ever met. Gordon's two top enemies right now: anti-maskers and the lactose intolerant. And the lactose intolerant people. Yep, he's out for you. Yeah, he is. He's coming. Now, next uh, wait, column wait. is going to be about the anti-cheese folks. Take when some I, Prilosec and have some cheese. <laughs> when I had uh, when I had my uh, bike crash. And uh, was laid up. Uh, Jake uh, and Naz uh, brought me some cheese. Oh, so I, I did appreciate. Didn't know we were that. doing such things. That's. I wanted to bring you something. Uh, I my parole officer wouldn't let me leave. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were yeah. thinking about you, Gordon, and, and in all seriousness, you do love cheese. I thought it would help you feel a little bit better. It did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cheese were it? was it? It was a big well, platter. It was a bunch yeah. of different cheese cheeses. platter. <laughs> yeah, cube cheese, cheese cubes of uh, various kind. Cheddar was in there, and I think was it um, Gouda. Uh, there was a, there was a mix. 
There was the what's the the spicy kind? Uh, pepper Jack. Pepper Jack. Ooh, I love the Pepper Jack. Yeah, there was some Pepper Jack, and then I think what was, what was the other one? Jake, you have some Munster. It was. No, I don't uh, think it was Munster. It was one of the. It was one of those white cheeses. Um, American? Uh, no, it might have been no. a little mozzarella. Provolone. Brie. Maybe maybe something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was conflicted on with that, Gordon? Whether to get you um, crackers to go along with the cheese, but I I figured I would just mess that up. I don't know what cracker goes with what cheese. I thought I'd get you like Ritz or something, and it would be a huge faux pas. Yeah, he's not well, three. Well, don't see, give him Ritz what, crackers. What I, said, what I said to Lisa was, you know, I really appreciate Jake and Naz bringing me this uh, cheese platter, but it sure would have been better had there been some crackers with it. Dang yeah, it, really I was nice. hoping that you had crackers, because I didn't know which crackers oh, to go with. No, I did. Good. I'm kidding. I, I was very appreciative of that. Well, we were thinking I, about I, you. And it. And it made me laugh. It, made me, it did make me laugh, which hurt even more, so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were we were thinking about. I'm going to bring you some ribs. No reason. Just drop them off. Just some ribs. Make sure they're broken. Yeah, that's what. I'm ah, you know what? I'm a mile behind you both. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> that's funny, Austin. That was good. It's not funny at all. Uh, we <laughs> were gonna like we were gonna have to play sounds of various clips. We're a little late. We'll we'll save today's uh, drop of the day for tomorrow. I'm not playing it tomorrow. We're playing it tomorrow. I'm not playing it we're tomorrow. There's it. a jazz game tomorrow. Oh yeah. So it's now or never. I'm deleting it. No, after today. we could do it Friday. No, we, we could do, do it, it Friday. now. Why, why not? There's a now? jazz game Friday because we're over. We're so we're. What? Well, I Austin's usually the one yelling about, uh, at me about these sorts of things. I say you follow his lead. He All says, right, play it, All play right. It. let's play it. Today's drop <laughs> of the day. Today's sounds of various clips. Time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our friend Chad Wadups. What's happening, Chad? Chad, you with us? I'm not hearing Chad. I'm not hearing Chad either. We hope Chad's okay. Well, well, the chat is hanging. <laughs> chat is hanging. He was well, or he left us hanging. Well, chat, uh, we we've got no chat. Austin, I'm looking at Austin in the other room. I've got chat. All right, uh, I'll figure it out. Well, we we should figure we should figure <laughs> well, out how to good. how to I'm hear glad chat. Austin has them, but you and I don't. Neither do our listeners. So Chad just probably <laughs> thinks we're insane. We're like Chad. Are you there? He's like yes. Yes, I'm here, guys. It's like the cone of silence. Yeah. We're screaming at each other, and we can't hear each other, but everybody else can hear everything. Yep. So uh, uh, we are to uh, uh, working with some new equipment, too, so we're still working out some of the bugs, obviously. All right. Here's a question. Will Chad call back? <laughs> Chad is with us. Austin, now Austin, Austin had it all, all worked out and then just hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a question. Will Chad call back? <laughs> Chad is with us now. Apparently, I have my fingers firmly crossed. Hello, Chad. No, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me just say this. Uh, Mountain America uh, Investment Services, they, they know what they're doing, while we apparently don't. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Austin in the background screaming. Yelling. <laughs> yeah, the, the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> we were on the on the struggle bus for today's uh, Mountain America market update. That's all right. You know, I Stuff have a happens. friend. You mean the green a... button is the right button? Oh, okay. Yeah. You mentioned the struggle bus. I have a friend that just bought a school bus. Oh, that's cool. To do what? He's going to rebuild it. 
and turn it into a you know uh a uh you know like no camper, i don't know a camper type oh, thing right. he, yeah a 37 foot school bus wow and he's going to uh put load in the, the washer and dryer and uh kitchen uh cabinetry and a bathroom and a whole bedroom does he know they come pre-made all ready to go you, you know yeah but you, you don't have you, to do that no well, i mean but we he, have any number of different uh, clients that could certainly help him out with that yeah but he thinks he can he got the bus for a very good price and now he's going he's a he's a handyman very talented in that regard and he's going to build it out whatever happened to you they, call, in them, Denver? they call them schoolies what your endeavor to buy a, an rv whatever happened to that uh, that's still still on the table. I'd like I, uh, to see you buy an old school bus and, and remodel it. Fix it. Yeah. it up. Yeah, that ain't happening. No, nope, but it's uh, not. But be like the, the video when you cook dinner, where it was already all made for and you. And then all of a sudden it's done. <laughs> Look what I did, guys. It no, was a broken no. down yellow school bus. <laughs> no, then the next the, scene, it's a beautiful silvery Airstream. No. Gordon's just putting the finishing touches on the paint. Be like, Screwing the license plate on it. Look what I did. <laughs> All in a day's work. Uh, Blake is very talented in that regard. I'm not, uh, so I will probably have to buy one if I'm going to do it. I'm still thinking about it, but I thought I might heal up before I continue to pursue that. Probably so, a good idea. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I thought it was a cool idea. Buy a freaking bus and then uh, go ahead and rig it any which way you want, and uh, then you're you're set. To travel, a rambling man. Could you rig it into like some sort of nuclear submarine? Because I think that that would be awesome. My friends and I talked about that when we were kids. How cool it'd be to be a modern day pirate at in Lake Powell with a nuclear submarine, like in Waterworld. Like all of a sudden you just surface and you get to rob <laughs> houseboats and then disappear into the deep. Wait a second, is Lake Powell deep enough for a submarine? I don't know. Uh, one the size of a school bus, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but one with I'm nuclear sure. warheads on it? I don't, You're just no, bubbling just, up out of nowhere, emerging, and then robbing people? I, I don't need torpedoes. I just need to have Arr, the, the, the Skyline Pirates be here. <laughs> no, I just want the ability to, to you know, submerged, float up to houseboats, you know, come up, rob them, and then disappear. But you called it a nuclear submarine. Well, it's powered by nuclear power, Oh, obviously. I thought you meant yeah. it was a No, no, we're not going with, with diesel. We need a nuclear <laughs> reactor. You do understand that the the park rangers uh, slash coast guard, whoever they would bring in, probably have sonar equipment. They do could. not. I've seen those patrol boats down at Lake Powell. They barely float. <laughs> yeah, it's they not don't the have coast guard. So, they don't have sonar. <laughs> How's the coast guard going to get there? <laughs> I don't know. They're going to ship one of their boats in, and then they can just no. Plow see, that, this the is water the, the beauty of it. I mean, the 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 houseboat people will complain and say we were robbed by a submarine, and then the people will okay. go, "Yeah, sure you were." Have you, you ever been? Hey, Charlie, you, get a load of this one. <laughs> have you guys ever been in a submarine? Um, say yes. Isn't there like some sort of submarine feature at uh, one of the like Disney World? I I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's I now it's about. been I mean, refitted to be Nemo's a real submarine. Yeah. I wrote a I, column I, I, about it in the LA Times once. Yeah, I, I actually I was, had the opportunity to get in a in a submarine and go for a ride once. It's pretty cool. When you were uh, writing for the uh, the the Albuquerque Journal, <laughs> the Winnemucca Car Wash Times. Yeah, <laughs> never worked either one of those places. You know that but that my, submarine's pretty good. It's not that it, I would not want to like live in a submarine for like a year. 
but I, I could, I did take a ride in one. Oh, so you one-upped my Lake Pal pirate story? <laughs> that was just a just a figment of our imagination. Uh, stay tuned. One more next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone. You know, Austin, it's the little victories that matter, right? It's the it's the little victories in life that, that really mean the they most. They add up. They do. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and, uh, and 1280 The Zone. I think in the context of what I said, it was completely acceptable. What? Oh, oh okay, never mind. <laughs> I know what you're saying. It, it, it was, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? But in the context of what it was, then it was. Yeah, yeah. But if I had just said that out of the blue, then obviously that would have not been appropriate. I'll, 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 but, I'll give you this. You've said worse. You have said worse. That's true. And then that worse stuff didn't make the air either. Okay. Well, I, I hope that one makes the, <laughs> makes the air. What's the likelihood, Austin? Well, seeing as it already happened. Mm-hmm. Zero. But I don't know what you did with it. Uh, well, we're, he's going to keep it and play it over and over again for his own amusement. <laughs> I emailed it to everybody already. It's going to be it's my, my new, ringtone. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's going to be my new ringtone. So. The doorbell at my house, that's yeah. what you'll hear. Everything. It's going to be great. My horn on my car. <laughs> All right, we'll have more for you on the big show coming up right around the corner. But joining us now in studio, our friend Katie from Homie, who's been hanging out with us all day. Man, it's been great to see you. Yeah, I've missed coming here and missing seeing everybody. And I guess not coming here. You guys come to me. Yeah, usually we're I, out to I you. I miss seeing you guys. It's weird not to be around you guys for so long. Oh, I know. You're, I'm, well, you're one of the crew. I mean, we've you've been such great partners with us. I feel like we've seen you like once a week for the last, what, couple of years. And all of a sudden yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah, and it's, it's thanks to this station that I actually got this job. I, I got this job because of listening to Johnny on the station. I'm a very dedicated listener to That's a cool story, <laughs> though. It's a really cool story because you, you've heard about it but looked into it, and it, it, you believe in it. Yeah, yeah. I was an agent for, um, you know, a few years on my own, and I, I love helping people find houses. It's something I'm... Like I said before, it's a little bit of a hobby of mine to just kind of look for houses for people. And it's something I really have a passion for, but I never really felt um, fulfilled. And I always was struggling, like, am I really doing enough work to to get this money? Um, And so hearing Johnny on your guys' station, that's really what compelled me to to investigate further and, and to find that. I found my dream job, and I, I love it, and I love coming on here and talking to people about it and saving your listeners money. And now our listeners have been hearing, uh, you know, Johnny or, or Homie on the station for a, for a long, long time, and you don't want to make that point. You guys are blowing up. This is yeah. this is really working. You're not uh, necessarily just in the startup or test phase or all that stuff. I mean, uh, we, we were talking about it off the air. You are helping so many people, and it's worked for so many people. Yeah, for sure. We're not a startup anymore. We, we've been around since 2000. We've been saving people money. Um, we've had um, $1 billion in, in real estate transactions. Um, and so, I mean, we're, we've been around for a while. We're here to stay. We're, we're now in Arizona. We're in Las Vegas. And we're hoping to expand to more states soon. Um, and we're really growing and helping people save that money. And we've um, helped save over $50 million of commissions 
for our, our wow. customers. That's amazing. Yeah. 50 million bucks. Yeah. That's so a lot of we're, money. Yeah. We're talking in a significant amount. And truly, it shouldn't be a surprise because you're saving each uh, client a ton of money. Yeah, and that's got to add up really fast. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. And so it's really it's it's really fulfilling for me to, to find this job and to find this place where I can know that I'm helping somebody and I'm, I'm helping them find their dream home or achieve their their debt-free life or whatever it is their goal that they're going for. We're, we're here to help and we're here to help them and it's an incredible company to be a part of. All right, check them out, homie.com. Don't forget about Homie Loans, Homie Title as well. They've streamlined the whole process for you. Find out more, go to homie.com. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, well, more Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Wednesday comes and goes. Gordon, good news. Tomorrow at this time, it'll be probably halftime of the Jazz and the Pelicans. What time's the tip? 4.30. So all our listeners will have the opportunity to uh, enjoy a an authentic, a genuine jazz game that counts. So uh, we all have something to look for. An to. NBA game that counts. How about not that? only that? Not just an NBA game that counts, but one that is being being uh, participated in safely. And uh, I'm really looking forward to being able to enjoy that without having to worry. Now, now, hold on with your safely stuff because we haven't seen whether or not uh, players are going to wipe the ball off on their jersey. And if that sort of thing's going on, then. I mean, see, we, reckless, we can't see, recklessness, no, reckless behavior. No, 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 we better not no, see any of it. Everyone knows no, that's how no, COVID spreads. Is, no, is, no, no, no. See, this, <laughs> here you go again. Here the NBA is doing everything it can to make this as safe as possible. And what do you do? You ridicule them for it. For their ridiculousness? Yes, I do. For their well, law of Moses type the, approach? Yeah, yeah. Right. There, and, there and, are certain things that are worth being extra special careful with and this is one like ping pong like doubles ping pong and Indeed. wiping the ball off on your jersey yes who but wants go that ahead and by golf. the way who wants a ball that's been all wiped off by someone's jersey who wants that not me who well, wants you... to guard another sweaty person during this yeah right you know? i mean it's just it's just sweat Technically, it's legal in the NBA bubble to cough on somebody, but you better not wipe that ball <laughs> off on your jersey, or else it's a 35-day quarantine with no food for you. What were they supposed to do? Someone cough? Who they call a foul? What they, why, why do they have to invent ridiculous things like wiping the ball off on their jersey? Because it, it, it's, it, it's the symbolism of it. They're all still high-fiving. Hey, at least you're coming along with me that it's just pure symbolism and not necess- necessary. Uh-huh. I'm going to take no. that as a win. There's a no. W in my column. Gotcha. No, because no, I don't know every detail of it. I don't know whether shared sweat on a jersey is, uh, is a danger to somebody. What if, you, what if you lick the ball? That's fine, but you can't wipe it off on your jersey? Well, nobody licks the ball. Uh, Dwight Howard for years has been spitting on the ball. For I, years. I would lick the ball out of protest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. What would happen? We'll talk yeah, to- Donovan Mitchell licks a ball. I, I guarantee you they're taking the ball out immediately and bringing in a new one. Don't <laughs> be licking balls. Uh, That's not going to make the cut. Nope. That'll That's be not gone. making air. All right, Gordon, I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Enjoy Goodbye. your evening. <laughs> it's the big show night. <laughs> 97.5 and 12.80. <laughs>